Hey y'all, post-production Stephanie here with a quick apology in advance for the audio quality on this episode. We did get hit with some technical difficulty gremlins during the recording, and we had to go with using the audio from the live stream for this episode. So yeah, we do record these episodes live if you would like to join in uh, that particular party of all of our patrons sitting around and watching us struggle in real time. Uh, you totally can. Go to patreon.com slash divaspodcast. Five bucks a month uh, gets you in. And some front row street streets? Front row seats. Good lord. You know what? I'm, I'm going to bow out here. Uh, y'all go ahead and, uh, and enjoy the show. And forgive us for all the coughing and sniffling. Please. Please? Oh yeah, Steph, did you know that today is Hobbit Day? What? Explain. I don't know. Uh, our patron, Ash, says it's Hobbit Day. And I like I like to think about the Hobbits, uh, specifically being in a Hobbit sandwich. So I'm... Okay, okay. Um, so do we get to choose how we celebrate Hobbit Day? Because I think that means that I get second breakfast and 11 C's and luncheon and the entire um, Hobbit menu. It's an actual day. Hobbit Day is the name used for September 22nd in reference to it being the birthday of Hobbits Bilbo and Frodo Baggins. Oh. 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 <laughs> um, so how do we know that that's their birthday, though? Do they use the same calendar as us in Hobbiton? I don't fucking know. And I, mm. look, look, okay, before I hear it, I know there are Lord of the Rings fans out there. I know they're going to come to come for me. I know they're going to explain to me there's at least nine different volumes explaining I mean, the calendar. Honestly, they might. I, look, I don't care. I, I'm going to say something. Not explain things. It's the comfort you part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't think J.R.R. Tolkien's a good person or a good writer. Boom. Why are you doing this? I'm saying. I'm, why are you? <laughs> I, why? Why? Why are you flying up red flags to attract smoke on our fucking Marvel <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I do not need the Lord of the Rings fandom coming for us. West thinks I would be far more op- open to Dwarf Day. Look, I will gladly have that those dwarves run a train on me. Anyway, what? So, once again, please, when you start side Because I'm not watching the... Co- We're live, by the way, podcast listeners. We I literally said, Wes says blah. Yes, and I put the- but people who are listening to the podcast don't know who the fuck Wes is. They don't have the context for a patron. See there, see, now you can explain it. Wes, our patron who has commented on the live stream that we're doing for this show right now. But instead you're just like, Wes says, who's Wes? Is Wes in the room with us right now? What are you talking about? Podcast listeners don't know. So please, please keep the audio version people in mind. If you're going to do this, I love that you're citing the patrons and they get to contribute to the conversation in real time. That's fucking amazing because I they're love all very smart and sexy. I love that but, you've given me a new trigger. Look at it this way, bitch. If you don't give me the context for their contribution to the conversation, I'm cutting them out of the show. Damn. So, because I don't, because it doesn't make any sense. Because it doesn't make any sense. Steph, half the shit I say doesn't make any sense, and you still keep it. But in at the least show. we can pretend. 
I can't pretend like you're just like non sequitur. A random name person has said this thing to contribute. Work with me here. Steph, our patron Trisha in chat, well, that because we're recording this live now, so if you there would you like go. to, that's really clumsy, and you're doing that on purpose. I hate you. Go oh, on. I know, I know. But she says Wes is always in the room with us. That's really <laughs> creepy. He's though. Is he not always in the room with you? <laughs> anyway, so this weekend's Gay Days, and so I'm going to be in a murder of gays uh, this Saturday. Uh, but I'm looking at the uh, at is the. Is it a murder? Oh, it's a murder. Is it a sachet? A sachet of gays. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'll am i be hanging out with gays on Saturday. And of course, um, because, uh, <laughs> reminder, COVID's still a thing. And it numbers are starting to increase. I can't get my shot till Monday. So I be, I'm going to be masked up. Are you getting the, the new vaccine? Yes. Okay. Um, which I was supposed to have gotten it already, but they <clears throat> ran out of supplies. And so I rescheduled it. Yeah, I we're waiting the for restocks. Yeah, yeah. Yay. Good, Everybody get vaccinated. Get, get vaccinated, vaccinated, please. But, it's um, real and it's never going away. So Ever, ever, ever. Um, yeah, so, but I have to figure out what mask to wear that's going to match my outfit. Because you know these bitches are going to judge me. See, this is why it helps to just be a lapsed goth kid. Because I just get the black N95s and I'm good. But it's kind of warm. It matches my everything. Is it? It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a high of 85. So? That's warm. I'm not, I'm not following. If I wear black, I'm going to be like sweating my ass off more so than I normally would. But then the sweat doesn't show, sweetheart. That's why we wear black. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go full ghost fan. I'm going to yeah. powder my my face white and mm-hmm. black eyeliner. That won't melt. It'll be fine. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Um, so enjoy, enjoy your gay days. I hope you are not interrupted by bigots. Um, there are people who out there who have serious problems uh, with the fact that Disney does gay days. Um, <laughs> Too and bad. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> tough, tough bitches. Uh, cry about it, bitch. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> your tears season my everything. Oh, I know, right? I I think it's delicious. Okay, hey, do we want to? Um, you want to intro a show? You want oh, to do a show today? Please, please. Okay, let me uh, minimize. People are there is anticipation. I can I can feel it through the chat that uh, of our YouTube channel while we live record this thing. Oh my god! Because we do that for our Patreon, five <laughs> bucks a month. How do you feel about that stuff? I feel like I shouldn't ask you for things or I require anything of you. you you keep forgetting who I am. Yeah, well, you keep reminding me. So here we are. <laughs> hey, Steph, I'm huh. all shwar- I'm all shwarmed up. So let's go. I'm I'm look at like. Huh? Why are you wearing that? Oh, we can't talk about that. God damn it! <laughs> I'm wearing a T-shirt from a show we can't talk about, but it is in support of uh, the main character of the comic that we're talking about today. Hey, would you like to intro a podcast? Yes, uh, our. our- our, pa- our patron, Ash, says, Steph is ready to fuck this face in the day. <laughs> I am. You're right. I am ready to fuck this face in the day. Amazing. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions. 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 Just opinions. Just, just, just an opinion. My God, I love this story. What's wrong? 
I, I will talk about, about Marvel. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show, and that may explain why some of my opinions are the way they are. Okay, 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 okay. Hey, everybody. I am Chris. I am that homo magneto sexual. Oh, my God. Oh, and uh, Stephanie, or should I say, Peter, it's your turn. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. You know that it's not sexy, right? It was to me. We'll talk about that. That's because you're childless. (laughs) Correct. Context there that is distinctly unsexy. But we'll talk about it when we. Uh, uh, I will admit to this, and uh, men, if you don't do this, you really should reflect on yourself. Reflect on everything right now. Hashtag privilege. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, do we have anything to talk about before we get into why we're here today? Uh. I just want to do give a quick shout out to folks who uh, gave us really positive feedback about the last episode um, that we recorded. It was uh, slightly angry. I was I was pretty worried about yeah. putting that out there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Steph and I uh, honestly, Steph and I had a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. uh, about it, and um, I re-listened to the episode. I thought it was one of the best episodes we've ever done. Uh, I think Steph had some concern about it. Um, I played the episode for people before I published it just to confirm mm-hmm. that I wasn't crazy. And the reception we've gotten, Steph, has been really, really positive. Uh, we had uh, a lot of favorable comments on Spotify. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Uh, so, awesome. Awesome. So uh, congratulations, Steph. You, uh, <laughs> We did it. <laughs> we were furious on Maine, and it worked. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I was just worried that, you know, cause we we're talking about like, that was, that's, that's an important comic to a lot of comic readers and I hated it. So I didn't want to be like, <laughs> I hate this and you should hate it too. If you love it, go ahead and love it. Just please think about it critically. Um, and so the comic that we're going to talk about today, uh, is a much beloved comic. Uh, I know particularly for some of our patrons. Um, and I'm a little, you know, if you love it, Cool. Love it. Maybe I'll love it too by the time we get to the end. But I'm going to disagree for a while. And I'm sorry in advance. Okay. Okay. Um, I, 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 I started read, I read the first issue last week and I found myself not being able to stop. So, um, there's, there's certainly some things I have issues with, but overall, I thought the Stella, the story was awesome. It was nice to see. Magneto and Professor X okay, and Logan. Okay, we'll get into it. We'll get into we'll that. Get into but, it. but like, uh, but I'm just in general very excited to be talking about X Men. Yeah, there is that absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we'll we'll see. I just I'm going into this with some trepidation because I know that this is a beloved comic. Yeah, for some folks, and like, I am not a comics reader. My I know a lot, a lot about the X Men, but it's entirely from TV and movies. Right. I have never, I have never read an X Men comic in my life. Uh, so this is the the comic side of X Men is brand spanking new to me. Uh, and so part part of it part of it is I'm processing that dissonance. Right. Mm-hmm. It's whatever you. It's like with music, whatever version of a song you heard first, that's your favorite. Right. Right. Like when I was a teenager and I heard Guns N' Roses do "Live and Let Die," that was the first time I'd ever heard "Live and Let Die." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my dad heard me listening to it, and he was like, "Hold on, the Paul McCartney song." And I'm like, the who? The what? (laughs) Live and let die. 
And so, and so he played the Paul McCartney version. I was like, that's really lame. <laughs> so, like, I don't care what band he might have been in. I knew he was in the Beatles, but. Uh, well, that was, that was Wings and we don't talk about that. So, but the thing is, that's, that's the thing is whatever version you heard first is, is your favorite. And cause mm-hmm. that's the one that it lays the foundation for your perception of that entire thing. And so I've got, you know, nineties cartoon and various films since and one particular actor in a particular role. All of these things uh, are very much part of my perception going into this. And so part of part of my issue with the comic is I'm processing the dissonance between the source material and the the source of my fandom material, which is what's already been in my brain. So so there's that. I fully acknowledge that. And we will see. Yeah, well, I think and this is kind of where I want to kind of start kicking us off uh, to talk about the series. We talked about on the very first Marvelous Divas, Divas episode how important the X-Men animated show was. And we can, Steph, oh I, did, I, I did double check. We can talk about the animated show. So at least we can do that. <clears throat> Why um, can we do that? It's a gray area where animation isn't included in the I stru- don't like the, the gray stru- area. Material. I don't yeah, like the I know, but it, it's not. The production company doesn't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> animation isn't covered by the strikes and blah, 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 blah. So I don't actually want to get into that. I don't like that gray area at all okay, um, because okay. I feel like that is particularly for dark side divas where we were covering an animated show, uh, but have pivoted our content to be fully in solidarity. I don't, I, I understand that that is a hair that is being split uh, out there, but I don't want to split that. I feel like that's disingenuous. Well, I'll just say that the animated show was very important for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I grew up on that shit. And that was my introduction to Marvel in general. Like, I never fucking... I mean, I heard of a Captain America, and mm-hmm. I've heard of a Hulk, of course, but <clears throat> but uh, that that was a show that was very important at a very important time. Mm-hmm. It got me into a, uh, a subgenre of nerdum that um, some of the boys I had crushes on back then were into, and there so... That's that. Uh, your that is my X Men too. I this is the first uh, X Men comic series I've ever read. Right. Um, cool. Same. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just I fully recognize that people love this comic, uh, and that uh, and so I'm trying to respect that. Yeah. I don't want. Yeah. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of loving it. I'm just d- welcome to my journey uh, of encountering <laughs> it for the first time. Okay. So do we want to actually like talk about? Why yeah. we're here, what, yeah. what it is. Let's do it. So what we're doing on this podcast, once upon a time, we were watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order. However, we are in support of the strikes. And so we have pivoted to non-visual content and we are talking about Marvel Comics. Specifically now, we begin our exploration of the 2005 run of House of M. And we have to specify that because there's multiple well, uh, multiple house events. Another trend I've noticed with comic book uh, publishers in general, uh, DC does this too. If they strike gold on a on a on a crossover or a concept, they'll milk that shit. They're going to do it again. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you look up House of M, there's like multiple references and multiple series, multiple years. They did the same thing with the Infinity Gauntlet too. That's mm-hmm. why, like, when we were talking, we were talking about doing it. Stuff was like, uh, which one? There's like five of them. Right. <laughs> Same thing, you know. <laughs> Same deal. Okay, okay. Uh, so do you have an intro? Uh, I did not have to write an intro this time because one of the cool features about this series is that each comic book has an intro. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to read a part of it because it's kind of long. But It is lengthy. I think I, 
Girth. Something something I don't usually say. <laughs> uh, uh, so <laughs> it's too long. I can't. That I never say. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. Uh, uh, so uh, we'll. we'll uh, I'm going to read uh, part of the intro to kind of set up the story, and then we're going to talk about the history of this before we get cool. into the story. Cool. Yes, get it. <clears throat> Previously on Uncanny X-Men, Professor mm-hmm. Charles Xavier, legendary founder of the X-Men who dreams of a peaceful coexistence between humans and mutants, has come to Genosha. With one intention to rebuild a mutant nation from a devastate from the devastated ashes. As well, previously on Avengers, it was the worst day in Avengers history. The Scarlet Witch suffered a total nervous breakdown after losing control of her reality reality altering powers. In the chaos created around the breakdown, beloved Avengers Hawkeye, Etman, and Vision lost their lives. Many other Avengers were hurt, both emotionally and physically. That was six months ago. Okay, so what have you got on the the history, the behind the scenes of House of M? Uh, So let's talk about the business of Marvel, shall we? Uh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, in the by the by the late nineties, early two thousands, Marvel was not doing well at all. Uh, Several of their titles were in the toilet, i.e., they were not selling very well. Uh, X Men was doing just fine because, again, coming off the hype of. A, a television show, and there is hype building for a movie. Of course, mm-hmm. movies eventually happen, and X Men is by far the number one title for Marvel. Spider Man being number two, mm-hmm. uh, but the Avengers titles were not doing well. Uh, there was uh, several runs of Avengers that just completely tanked. Uh, I have on the ComicBook.com website uh, between uh, 1995 and 2002, uh, the Avengers titles sold worse than a majority of popular indie titles. Huh. Can you imagine? Okay. Wow. Uh, 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 this is part of the... So during this time, this is uh, when Stan Lee was really trying really hard to get uh, 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 people to pay attention to people like Iron Man and stuff like that. Nobody mm-hmm. was talking to him. Uh, they were like, nobody gives a fuck about Iron Man. What the fuck? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. and that's Imagine a world. <laughs> imagine a world like this. But indeed, uh, uh, the Avengers were not doing well. They have tried... They tried several initiatives. None of them worked. And so... Uh, a writer named Brian Michael Bendis had the opportunity to write for the Avengers. He was a huge Avengers fan. Uh, and he, uh, but he wanted to do something different. He wanted to do something groundbreaking. So he asked Marvel, uh, who can I kill? Because I guess it's, <laughs> that's the comic book writers go to. It's like, I want to shake things up. I'm going to murder people. Yep. Um, now he wasn't sure which characters he was allowed to off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when he, he got the list, he was shocked. He had names like Hawkeye, Ant-Man, Vision, and a few others. Uh, and he wrote a, uh, Avengers series called Avengers Disassembled. Initially, it was not well received by, uh, comic book fans, but apparently in the comic book world, if something is hated, they'll still buy it and read it. So it well, was yeah. a hit. <laughs> it's, yeah. The, the hate watch is a whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, 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 the the series was a hit. It became one of the highest selling titles finally, and he was uh, very pleased with himself. Now he had a grand plan. He wanted to write a uh, a a new event called uh, Secret Invasion, which we all know right we, today now. Uh, but he wanted to build up to that. He also wanted to push certain characters. Like according to him, one of his favorite characters that he really wanted to write for was Spider Woman. He thought hmm. that Spider Woman was one of the coolest characters ever. And just wanted to do, like, establish her more, as well as several other characters. Um, now, he needed to do a lot of work on the Marvel Universe because it was slightly bloated. There was a lot of characters. And 
for the secret invasion concept to work, he needed to either take uh, characters off the chessboard, kill them, whatever. Um, and uh, that's interesting. Uh, so our uh, one of our patrons in our chat, because again, we're live recording this, uh, Sam says, uh, people bought the Hail Hydra cap in, in uh, from Captain America and burned it on vid just because comic books uh, buy nerd hate. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, uh, so the writer was getting uh, ready to do more Avengers com- comics. Uh, at this time, though, X-Men was still a thing. Uh, Steph, unfortunately, the X-Men at this time were being run by he who shall not, shall not be named. Our least favorite director, uh, cr- creator of a certain vampire television show. We hate him. He was involved in X-Men? Yeah, he was uh, writing for X-Men. What? Okay. Yeah, I didn't what, know that the either. comic? Yeah, the X-Men comic. Blech. Yeah. Fuck that fucking guy. Okay, sorry, I had no idea. That's I didn't awful. either. That's awful, and I feel dirty now. Yeah, so... Uh, but not in a fun way. Uh, yeah, so out of nowhere, uh, this asshole uh, informed Marvel uh, Comics, hey, that contract that I signed where I was going to write for X-Men for a few years, I can't do that anymore because I got my big break and I get to make a movie. Goodbye. And oh, he, my God. He, ditch, he ditches uh, the series. Uh <laughs> typical uh so uh marvel straight up asked uh uh uh, bendis hey would you be open to writing an x-men story and he's all but i like the avengers a lot um what if i did like a crossover thing that Mm -hmm. helped help also play into this my secret invasion idea and they were like sure and that's how we got house of m oh okay cool God, Marvel's complicated. So like, complicated. What, what Game of Thrones shit are they doing behind the scenes? My God. It, uh, from 1994 to 2004, Marvel Publishing was uh, sold and acquired four times. The business itself is not doing particularly great. Mm, can, if okay. you can imagine. If you can imagine a world where Marvel is literally at the cusp of going bankrupt. Fucking crazy. Right? That's just like, from a, 2000, from a 2023 perspective, that's nuts. Yeah. Uh, a few, a few of our patrons are saying that you should not read this run of X Men I just mentioned. By the way, I would agree with you. I, what, I, which which run? Which the one? Whedon. Uh, the, yeah, the the sexist fucker uh, run uh-huh. of X Men. Apparently, I did I did read that online. That is probably one of the least uh, loved runs, even by the bigots. By the way, which is I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here, having not read it, and guess that there there might be some sexism. In huh. it, there might be some objectification and mistreatment of female character. Huh. Uh, in comic some, books? It, well, it, but specifically, anything written by that asshole. So, <laughs> there might be some some really blatant favoritism given to some characters and some bizarrely out-of-character actions done by other characters who are not favorites. I'm just saying. All yeah. of these things might be true. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yes. So anyway, um, so yeah, so the comic book kicks off after a, a big event uh, where the new Avengers get fucked up royally. Yes, mm-hmm. we have a lot of character deaths. Unfortunately, Wanda, uh, uh, her reality warping powers literally drive her insane. And she accidentally murders people. Uh, and uh, on the, at the same time, the X-Men, uh, the war against the mutants gets really fucked up. And their uh, Magneto... Uh, a while ago, sets up a mutant city called Genosha. 
Mm-hmm. And that whole place gets fucked up in the process of everything that went down. So yeah, there's a lot like of that. trauma and pain leading into this uh, comic book. And that's where right. we are today. It's a lot. Okay. It's a lot. Thanks, Heather. That's very good. That was a yeah. lot of information. Yeah. And that was nice to know. Okay. So real quick, I have a little bit of info on Brian Michael Bendis, uh, who is the writer of this. Um, I also want to talk about the artists and stuff because the art upgrade on this comic is real. Um, but we have eight issues of this comic, so I'm going to spread that background information out. Um, so today, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, artist and writer for various comics since the mid-90s. Uh, he got hired on to Marvel to write The Ultimate Spider-Man mm. uh, in 2000 uh, and continued writing for Marvel until 2017 when he announced that he would be writing exclusively for DC Comics. Um, wow. He is the co-creator of beloved characters like Ironheart, Jessica Jones, and Miles Morales. He's a very important writer. Yes. And uh, based on his Twitter account, he is also a supporter of the WGA strike. So, hey. Yay. So it feels like we're uh, uh, this is a comic book writer that we can probably relate to a little bit better than the last set of comic book writers we talked about. You know? I mean, a little. A little, yeah. He's still an old white guy. So <laughs> there's only so much relating that's going to happen there. And it's really interesting that you... Um, because I had asked you in chat, do we know who wrote the X-Men comic leading up to this? The one where Wanda lost her mind? Um, because I wanted to know who to blame oh. uh, for that particular plot line. Because seriously, I mean, we're going to get into this and, and we'll, we'll talk about like how that affects the events of this actual comic book. But maybe I just have a bad taste in my mouth from the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I have some serious side eye for the premise of, well, the woman just couldn't control her powers and she got really emotional and people died. Like, (laughs) that's your premise? Yeah, yeah. Side eye. Bombastic side eye. Like, I cannot even. Because, and I, I, and again, my prior experience, my entire preconceived notion going into this is based on what I know about this character from visual media. So uh, where uh, normally, normally when you are talking about the a, a written media and a visual media based on that, the visual media sacrifices nuance because they have less time to tell you the story. Right, right, right. That's the usual course of events. Um, but in this case, and I think it just might be different because comics are the original media. Uh, in this case, it seems like the opposite is true. The visual media gave us a great deal more nuance and motivation uh, for an apocalyptic reality warping mental breakdown than we're than I'm seeing right now in the comic. Maybe we'll, there will be more. Maybe we'll explore it more over the course of House of M. Maybe I need to go back and read The Avengers Disassembled so that I can see what happened and see if there is motivation. But right now, it sure feels an awful lot like, I don't know, women lose control of powers and stuff. Absolutely. And I, in fact, uncovered an interview because uh, I suspected that was my initial reaction as well. It's like, are we really going to do this? But because I did have a that similar issue with uh, with a show that's mm-hmm. based on this. Um, and so uh, Brian Michael Bendis was asked, like, if, you know, uh, a lot of women don't identify with the House of M series. What do you think about that? Blah, blah, blah. And Brian Michael Bendis points out that Wanda uh, goes through more shit than probably most characters in the Marvel Universe, and she held it together for a long, long time. Uh, but there was uh, several events that altered the events of reality itself. 
Uh, she was a villain, then an X-Men, and then an Avenger. She was the glue of every team that she was on. She took care of everybody. She had the burdens of the entire universe on her shoulders. When the universe went crazy, unfortunately, her powers did too, and that's ultimately why she went crazy. It has nothing to do with her gender, uh, but he could go back and rewrite some of this stuff. He would have made that a little bit more clear. Okay. That yeah. clarifies some things. Yeah. Because I really think that... I don't know. I mean, if you're going to be a conscientious writer for my Marvel comics, and I say this as somebody who has never written a Marvel comic, okay? I'm like not speaking from a perspective of expertise at all. A diva's um, comic. Hmm. There would just be a lot of hot men and, uh, right. yeah. 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 No stories. <laughs> yeah. Just porn without plot. That's all that would be. <laughs> anyway. Um, but thank you for derailing me with a plethora of mental images. Getting back into the thing. Okay. <laughs> I think if you're going to be a writer of Marvel comics in the current century, you need to be aware of what has come before. You need to be aware that Marvel does not have the greatest history with treatment of genders or sexualities or ethnicities or race relations. Like, he tries, but... Like it, it gets into the hands of certain writers and you get shit like what we had in the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm -hmm. So you need to be aware that that is where you're starting from. You're not starting from a base of, of goodwill and hail fellow well-met inequality. You're starting from a base of, hey, back in 1991, <laughs> did you mm -hmm. read the Infinity Gauntlet? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the tone. And so you really have to be careful, I would think, going into writing stories like this to provide some kind of balance. Um, so... Yes, it's good that if he if he had a chance to go back and rewrite it, he would write it differently. But you wrote it the way you wrote it at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going into this comic with, I don't know, bitch, bitches be crazy. Bitches be emotional and losing uh, control of their powers. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm not I don't have nine million con comics of context. I don't know the full story of Wanda Maximoff. It could be, again, going into this big crossover event, uh, just like with Infinity Gauntlet. Um, I'm missing some context. I don't have the full histories of these characters. So I don't know that going into it. All I can see is, oh, OK, so I guess the woman was emotional and lost control of her phenomenal cosmic powers. Yeah, and cool. and you know it. Uh, that's where I think comic book writers need to be a little bit more aware of the fact. Can you like like when I when I talk to people about professional wrestling or mm. you know friends of mine who are hardcore soap soap opera fans? Like, where do you start? Right. Yeah. Like, where do you? The and, lore is deep. Yeah, and and it's impossible to start. Uh, you just have to go with it, and I think that. Um, you know, I respect the fact that comic book writers want to reward people who are longtime fans, mm -hmm. but that's always been my big, my biggest turnoff with comic books. It's like I'm reading a comic book, and it's like this character mentions this one line, and it's like, where, why, where does that come from? And a friend yeah, of mine like, be like, why are, why are they making a stank face at each other? Do have they met before? I don't yeah. even know who that is. Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, twenty twenty six year twenty six years ago in issue six of blah blah blah. Right. This, it's like, okay, how am I supposed to know that? Right. And, and that's, you know, it's just, it's, that's why it's really intimidating to get involved in reading comics for the first time, because like, there's so much knowledge. And that's also, uh, why it's, it, there's, okay, so as nerds, speaking as a nerd, as nerds, we love to be right and we love to know things. Right. And so comic book nerds, um, have a reputation for being fucking insufferable for exactly this reason. Because if you've been reading since you were like eight, 
then then yeah you have you've organically built up this wealth of lore knowledge and so uh you know we, we love to be right and we love to know things and it can and it can come off as very gatekeepy and very confrontational i i personally have left comic book shops because of the attitudes of the comic book nerds in there right who were like do you even know have you even read no i just walked in here yeah I'm here to pick up a D&D book. I do not know shit about comics. I just want to roll some dice and pick out the sparkliest ones that roll a 20. Okay, right, leave me alone. Right. And why uh, can't you people learn about deodorant? Right, and, and also, don't even start with me on Batman, okay? Oh, girl. Okay, okay. But anyway, um, so yeah, that's... I I kind of go into this comic thinking, okay, I don't know enough. And, and so I'm just going to have to take it at the face value that I've got, lacking immense lore behind it and there are there are comics fans look not all comics fans okay hashtag not all comics fans there are comics fans and comics readers who are fucking wonderful and will happily cheerfully with a song in their heart tell you all that you want to know and they will like parse out the knowledge and be like here's what you need to know to understand this comic if you want to know more let me know and i will gladly tell you and like so that's fucking great but like they're rare, beautiful gems of a person. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So anyway, all of that is to say, I'm going into reading this comic, uh, and my my impressions are colored by my preconceived notions based on visual media, and uh, the fact that I don't know all the lore going into this, and I don't know all of the like intricacies of all of these characters, and there's a lot of them. Uh, and uh, and so because I don't have all of that, it immediately feels sexist just starting the comic. Uh, absolutely and and uh but why did we pick this comic especially after the uh uh horrible sexist story we just covered <laughs> uh because yeah. this was by far the most uh asked for by our listeners and when i did my background research on this this comic book series is in the mm-hmm. top three it's considered in the top three if not number one of the best series marvel's ever done in terms of crossover events so uh you know we're trying to pick um semi-isolated uh storylines or or special things and this was this was recommended and shockingly Mm -hmm. uh uh there are you know uh pro-feminist oriented uh uh comic book websites and queer comic book websites that list this high too so i figure okay maybe this one won't piss us off as much but you're right (laughs) steph like it opens up with woman with emotions goes crazy and re- uh, warps reality, and that's yeah. not a good start for everybody. And it's you're really right. not. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of it's a bumpy start. We'll see if they can if they, if they can save it. We'll see. Um, so hey, do we want to get into the comic itself? Let's do today? it. Let's do it. Right. I'm right. Re- I'm ready. Fucking, fucking an hour into this recording. All right. Well, so we, when we start the new series, we always are going to have like a a lot of background context it's a whole and thing. stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. A whole thing. Okay, so the cover of House of M, issue one of eight. Uh, it's it tagline at the top, Astonishing X-Men, New Avengers, and um, hello, art upgrade. Girl, can I just say my favorite thing about this comic book? Hmm. I can fucking read it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that nice? We get like a nice high contrast between the dialogue bubbles and the background and not like not everything's on the same plane. Amazing. Um but this cover, this cover is like a glorious Renaissance painting. It's so pretty. And I, I might just be thinking that because middle school me is fucking squealing over the fact that her three faves are like front and center. Right. 
Because, yeah, that is Gambit. That is Hank McCoy, a.k.a. The Beast, and Wolverine, baby. Mm, Just right in front. Just right there being delicious. But I have one issue with this comic cover. Okay. It is false advertising. Oh. You turn the page and it's not pretty paintings anymore. It's a different... I mean, it's good art, but it's not the same art. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. Um... Uh, I have no no answers for you. I could probably look that up, but yeah, it is false advertising. Yeah, this is not this is not what we're getting. I mean, it's the characters that are there, but it's completely different art style. Yeah, yeah, don't know. Anyway, don't know. so um, the first page of this comic, um, where we get to play everyone's favorite game: is it porn or is it childbirth? <laughs> I didn't know that was a game, but that was my rea- that <laughs> was my initial game. reaction too. It's the game they're fucking playing because we have like a series of small like little vignette panels that show like uh you know a woman going oh god and like there's sweat and then people holding like hands gripping each other and like strained faces and stuff. Yeah, it, there's no reason to frame it this way other than to do the fake out. Of thinking like, oh, I just turned my p- a page into a sex scene, and no, it's actually Wanda Maximoff giving birth. It was this was deliberate. There's no reason to do this other than to go, is it porn? Ah, fake out. Just kidding. <laughs> it's not porn, and like that combined with the premise of that woman went crazy, and now we're maybe watching her get fucking railed. Uh, it's just not a good start for this comic for me. <laughs> but she does have a kid. Um, uh, two of them. And two of them. And that's great. Um, I'm happy for her. Uh, I think Wanda, uh, I call her mom all the time. Uh, yeah, I think, it's I think. It's a little weird, but you do your thing. I, it is weird. And I'm weird. So I said what I said. <laughs> um, and I'm very, very happy that she gets to be a mother. She's going to be a great mother. And, um, I'm looking forward to, seeing her uh, raise her kids uh, through the years. Yeah, so um that's it's not real. Um here's the thing. Uh she <sighs> the dialogue starts off real clumsy here, okay? Mm-hmm. Cuz they're like you have given birth to two healthy twins and like I don't recognize everybody in this room because I'm just trying to like compare the art that I'm looking at to my mental image of these characters and right. some of them are characters I've never met. Like you do. I'd like, I'm pretty sure the doctor who's handing her the baby is Dr. Strange. Yeah, Steven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's got vision. Vision's very recognizable. He's right there. He's right next to her. Um, and she says, did you hear that? My husband. And like, that's a really clumsy way to say that. Yeah. But okay. But I have a question for you. How did vision make babies? He has a visionness. (laughs) Does he have little, little, little android sperm? Sure. Look, are, I are the babies half android. I just want to have sex with Vision, so okay. I don't. I, mean, I don't. Look, I don't. I support you. I'm just saying. I'm not saying he doesn't have the hardware. I'm saying he doesn't have the software. <laughs> you can get patches, Steph. You know, get. Like, I just don't think. I just don't think. I don't think you can make. Maybe babies. they did. May, may, they're, look, they're a progressive couple. Um, Wanda understands Vision's limits, and they went to. So a then, faci- who's the dad? Well, that's uh that's a different series. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody's all like sweaty and in like, oh my god, baby afterglow and everything, and then all of a sudden there's a speech bubble from off camera that says, Now put it back. It and I'm like I don't know who you are, 
but I need you to understand that they don't go back. Um, <laughs> that is an exit only situation for babies. <laughs> you cannot put them back. Sorry. <laughs> they um, it doesn't work I, that way. But at all. before we move on from this page, I gotta, I, I recognize everybody in the, in the, in most people. I, I see Steven, I see Scott, aka Cyclops, I see right. Pietro, aka Quicksilver, I see, uh, Daddy Magneto with his shoulder pads. Okay, girl. No. I don't recognize Pirate Chick. Who is Pirate Chick? I don't know. Anybody like, in the chat that, can tell me. Is that Electra? That can't be Electra. Maybe? No. I don't know, but don't there's know a pirate. Called. There's so. a girl, there's a girl with a headscarf back yeah. there, but anyway. like, but like a pirate headscarf. Yeah, but yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, next next page, Professor X says tells Wanda to put it back, and I think that's kind of it. So hey, who's that, Professor X? Oh, Steph, would you like to know about Professor X? I would love to know about Professor Charles Xavier. Carry on. Uh, played in a, in a movie by one of the sexiest actors ever, but we won't talk oh. about that because we support oh, strut content. Uh, yeah, Professor no, we X. We don't support strut content. Uh, we do support. Right, I'm sorry, that came out of my mouth wrong. <laughs> wah wah. Uh, anyway, Professor X, aka Charles Francis Xavier, is <laughs> is the leader of the X Men. He made his debut in X Men number one, which was created September 1963 by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Wow, he's a fucking old character. I always yeah. pick. I always pictured X Men to be a little bit like in. The, I always imagined them to be like in the 70s. I don't know why, but I don't know why either. 1963 holy shit uh yeah so he's been part of the x-men but many many other things uh professor x has been around for a very long time he is a mutant that's going to be a thing that's going to come up a lot his abilities are telepathy telekinesis and he has genius intelligence he is by far the one of the most powerful characters in the marvel universe his telepathy is is uh beyond the richter scale in terms of measuring how powerful it is and he has been featured in so many different um important uh, marvel storylines that there are actually a volume of books about it uh, which is interesting huh. um and yeah uh he is uh as usually the leader of whatever group he's part of well because he's smart and his brain can control things so <laughs> and also he's a good guy like generally speaking like the professor x that i know uh it has a benevolent motivation always yeah He's a good guy. Um, so, do you have anything else on the background of Professor? Yeah, uh, uh, he is uh, the uh, ultimate pacifist. Uh, it, it is one of his taglines. Apparently, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there is, um, and he's easily recognizable because he's the bald guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, always. Like, that's that's another thing is when you've got the the thing with comics that I'm learning is you know you're you're handing these stories off to different writers to different artists uh, over and over. So there's got to be like a key visual components of these characters so even if they're being drawn by an entirely new person with an entirely new interpretation of like what the basic male form looks like for example and um i will talk about this artist next time because they tend to default to like thicky mcthickums men and i'm here for that oh yeah Mm -hmm. but anyway um so but even though you've got the same characters being interpreted by different artists there are visual cues that tell you who you're dealing with and professor charles xavier is the bald guy in the suit in a wheelchair always um and god he's hot (laughs) he's very 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 hot um, just, I, uh, mm. he was one, one of my first, uh, uh, crushes ever as a kid. Um, nice. 
uh, you know what? You know again, uh, and also it let me know that bald is indeed beautiful. It is, in fact, yes. Indeed. Little did I know that would be my fate. <laughs> that was foreshadowing, Heather. That's what that mm-hmm. is foreshadowing. Anyway, uh, so he's sitting there in his wheelchair, telling Wanda, "Actually, you can't have babies." What? You can't, you don't have any babies. You can't have babies. You never could have babies. Stop abusing your mutant powers and put the world back right now. The world? What? The What's world. happening? Um, and I can't help but notice that for a guy who, at least from my perspective, from as well, as long as I've known him, has always been renowned for his, uh, his deft and compassionate handling of unstable mutant teenagers. Um, He's being really mean about this right now. He is, uh, but he's stressed out too. Like the art goes to great lengths to show that he's like sweating profusely. Like he's right. struggling here. Like he's in pain. Like and, he is straining. Yeah. And, and so maybe he doesn't have the ability to be nice in the situation because he's like, he's like trying to hold things together. Uh, and he's, he's not doing a good job of it right now. Right. And so that is where. Having any background knowledge on these characters going into this comic is important because you need to know that this is an out of character moment for him. And you also need to trust your writer uh, that they're not writing the character incorrectly. Right, right. And I imagine that is where a lot of the hate uh, for comics like this that are crossovers and being handled, you know, you got characters being handled by new writers. A lot of that hate comes from is because people assume that the character is being written wrong and no, he's just being put in an extreme situation. Yeah. Yeah. And to which he is reacting in a way that you would not normally see. Anyway. So, um, the whole reality of the baby situation crumbles. Wanda collapses to the ground and starts sobbing about having killed the Avengers and her husband. And they're like in a weirdly wrecked building with like a Magneto statue outside. Yeah, and if you are a long time, I was like, what is that about? So I had to Google it. Uh, yeah, so a while ago, uh, Magneto wanted to build a safe safe place for right. mutants, and that's Genosha. Um, and so it's a city-state that is a mutant It's run. an island, right? Yeah, it's an island. Um, and because it's a Magneto's thing, he built that shit real quick because he has mag- magnetism and all that shit that he can build uh, buildings. Yeah, he has, he has super contractor powers. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and can I get that, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> please. I just want to wave my hand and the drywall's gone. God, I could have used can that you imagine? for the last two weeks. Just, oh, my God. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, the <laughs> the next line of my notes is all caps WTF is going on. So, uh, okay, you turn the page, and that's where we get the recap that you read is the intro. Yeah. It says it's right there in the comic. Cool. Uh, and we are six months ago. Cool, cool, cool. Let me scroll past all of that because you already talked about it. Oh, it says, uh, don't love this. The plot hinges on Wanda just losing control of her powers and losing her mind. Okay, side eye. So, yeah, that was in my notes. That was my experience. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So we're back into the current moment of the uh, comic book. Professor X is sitting on a fucking trashed balcony having a conversation with, and I cannot stress this enough, Barefoot Pajamas Silver Fox Daddy Magneto. Hey, Steph, would you like to know about Magneto and why I want to marry him? Goddamn. <laughs> Just in a second, my whole my brain came to a screeching halt on this because I was like, oh, who's this hottie? Wait, you just called him Eric. That's Magneto. In my head, Magneto is Sir Ian McKellen. Yeah. So <laughs> this was very like, and Sir Ian McKellen's hot. 
Don't get me mm. wrong, oh, but he's oh, not hot yeah. like this. No, this is a different flavor. So um, I was just sort of reeling from that. So would you please uh, tell us about Magneto? Magneto is the original X-Men villain. He also made his debut in X-Men number one in September 1963. He was also created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Uh, he is generally depicted as being a muscular, older man uh, in a red <laughs> suit with purple cape and a cool helmet that can block yeah. uh, telepathic powers. Hmm, why would he need that? Uh, anyway, he uh, he had his background was uh, he came from Germany. Uh, he was part of a Jewish family, and the Nazis unfortunately came for his family. He discovered his powers through that process and was under the belief that if humanity learned about mutants, that mutants would be hunted down and murdered, just like and like. Uh, and like reasonable, and like, and like he's not wrong. <laughs> right. And that's kind of the that's kind of always the interesting thing about Magneto is that he's not wrong, but his uh, answer to that is equally wrong. Right. Uh, so he and Professor X have been basically at war forever. Uh, Magneto believes that mutants are superior to uh, humans, and he has and done he's all not wrong. He has done all kinds of shit for decades that led up to this moment where he is basically in a place where. Uh, his uh, morale is completely shattered, and he realizes all this horrible stuff he's done is impacting his kids, and he is blaming himself for everything. And also, he's not wrong about that either. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so, and and, and uh, when the writer wanted to talk about if he could go back and revise something, he did want to kind of pull out the fact that, yeah, a lot of this is actually dad's fault. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, because they're standing there in the shattered ruins of the city that he built. It's shattered ruins because he tried to wage war against all of mankind, and all of mankind apparently spanked him back. Yeah. And so, and in the process, his daughter, apparently Wanda is his daughter. That's yeah. new information. Um, his daughter uh, was traumatized by this entire war thing, and that's why she's lost control of her reality, warping powers. Uh, and so that's fun. Um we find out in their conversation. Are you done with the background on Magneto? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Real quick, his powers are yeah. magnetism, astral mm -hmm. projection, and he always likes to wear his psychic shield via the helmet, and he has genius intelligence, and his last superpower eventually will be my husband. His superpower is being your husband. Please. <laughs> I mean, I support you. I'm just not sure that that's a, an additional superpower for him. It's so my much superpower. So much that is your superpower is that you you managed his, to it, land it's, that. It's his burden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we find out in this conversation that they are having to keep Wanda medically and psychically sedated because, you know, her powers keep fucking with reality like you do. And Magneto blames himself. And that is accurate. Um, I had some trouble focusing on like the depth of their conversation because I was processing the fact that I have a whole new catnip unlocked here, right. which is moody, disheveled, muscly, silver-haired Magneto. Like, he looks so sad and upset. And, like, I would just cradle him to my bosom and give unto him comfort. Right. And good God, full credit to the art here. He looks unshaven. He looks like he probably hasn't showered in a few days. And, like, he's in, definitely in a depression cave right now. Um so that's a whole thing. The the lighting, one thing that really bothered me about the Infinity Gauntlet art was the lack of shadow. Right. So there was no depth to it. Everything was happening on the same two-dimensional plane. There's so much shadow here. And the artists are using that to great effect to show us who is really fucking sad and depressed and stuff. 
And that's awesome. Uh, so we do get some very cool imagery of Magneto, like floating out over his destroyed city because Magneto can float because magnetism, uh, and talking about how he was prepared to sacrifice his kids, everyone for this war. Uh, but somehow he never imagined there would be retaliation for that kind of thing. So here we are. And he's processing consequences right now and he's right. not very good at that. No. Um, he very so. rarely, very rarely processes consequences because he uh inflicts so much damage on the world that he does a lot of bad shit so it's a lot a lot to process if you're actually uh in a state where you realize hey i've been making a mistake this whole time yeah i, yeah. I it's me hi i'm the problem it's yeah me. um my favorite my favorite line of this whole part where was where um uh, magneto is just clearly blaming himself for everything and professor x calls him out on it and he uh magneto says charles stop reading my mind Mm-hmm. And Professor X knows him so well, he doesn't fucking have to read his doesn't mind. He's yeah. looking at his face. They go way back. They go way back. And, and also, I'm just kind of hoping you're blaming yourself because this is your fault. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is. Here's hoping. Anyway, uh, so turn the page. We are in an intact city, New York City, to be exact. Um, I don't recognize any of these characters right off the bat. I just keep reading and hoping they will call each other by name. And I'll figure it out. And they do, eventually. That is Sam, a.k.a. Falcon. Yeah. Uh, that is Carol, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, or perhaps Miss Marvel, as she refers to herself later in that in this, and some big white guy. Uh, they are old Avengers who quit the team, but they are now being called in for a meeting in the new Avengers mansion. Um, oh, the other guy turns out he's Wonder Man. I don't know who that is. Don't know. Don't care. Not, we're, not gonna, we're not going to talk about that yet. Right. Uh, we have talked about Captain Marvel and Falcon before on this yeah. podcast. We do not need to deep dive into them. No. Um, so they are walking into the ground floor of this new Avengers skyscraper, wondering why they aren't allowed to fly in. Meanwhile, turn the page. The X-Men are flying in. So we just didn't want them to land on the roof at the same time? Uh, there's a separate. There's a separator. There's some... Uh, just because the X-Men and Avengers are good guys in their respective stories doesn't mean they get along. And that very is very different philosophies, very different philosophies. And that does come into play a little bit later in the story. Yes. I do love my whole heart. Uh, Beast Hank McCoy is looking out the window and geeking out over the new Quinjet, the new yeah. model Quinjet that's parked out there. I love him so much. I love him. Um, yeah. Cyclops is because the, the team that we have assembled here is Beast, Emma Frost, Cyclops, Wolverine, Kitty Pride, and Colossus. Right. Have all pulled up. They have a really cool, like, a panel of them all walking in. Cyclops is bugging Logan to tell them why they were called in. And, like, shut up, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look. Look, I have to talk about this. When okay. I was younger, I was always pro-Logan, right? Uh-huh. In the Scott versus Logan war. But yes. now that I'm older and I think about Scott, I think about somebody that's stable, yes, so- softer, more secure, handsome. Uh-huh. Uh, and we'll still fight for you. Built and like a brick shit, brick shit house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's great. And, and so I, I, I asked myself, am I team Scott now all of a sudden? Cause Logan is feral and chaotic and unpredictable. Just and just saying, por que no los dos? Yeah. Then that's like situations I, like this are what polyamory is for. <laughs> hashtag poly life. <laughs> exactly. Because you marry one and the other one is your boo thing. He's your boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. He's your side piece. Yeah. And it's fine. Anyway, of everyone here, the only one I don't know is Emma Frost. Hey, Steph, would you like to know about Emma Frost? I would love to hear this. Uh, where is my Emma Frost notes? One second. I don't have that information. I have, girl, 
the uh, this uh, show has broken the record for number of tabs open on my computer. Okay, nice. Uh, Emma Frost. She makes her first appearance in Uncanny X Men number one hundred and twenty nine in January nineteen eighty. So not a super old character, but nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, she started off being a villain. <laughs> you can she, tell by how much of her cleavage is on display right now in her hero costume. Look, she can rock it, and I'm I support her. Uh, look, I, love I support her. her too, but that is definitely one hundred percent a comic book nod. If the, if a female character was ever at one point a villain, you can see all the way down their cleavage. Yeah, uh, she made her debut in the Dark Phoenix Saga storyline, which is also another uh, storyline that is extremely popular. Uh, she was part of the infamous Hellfire Club, and mm-hmm. uh, she had other aliases like the White Queen, Black Queen, Black King, because she had a trans moment, cool. uh, and Ice Queen, and I love her. Uh, she has pow- very powerful telepathic abilities, specifically uh, sed- uh, paralysis, sonic blasting, mind reading, control, uh, pain inducement, astral projection. Uh, she can shapeshift. Cool. Crazy. And she's a very power, uh, very good at hand-to-hand combat. She can do it all. Oh, and suddenly I love her. We love that. We yeah. love that. Well, mm-hmm. and she's, uh, as we will learn over as the scene progresses, she's extremely pragmatic. Um, and so that'll be that's that's an interesting dynamic to bring into a room with the likes of Captain America. So we we get everybody together, right? Uh, and so here you've got all of the X-Men arrayed and then they are dealing with an entire array of Avengers. Uh, and it's actually a really cool panel. Very well drawn. I like it a lot. Um, we see the usual suspects, our faves, Captain America, Doctor Strange, Tony Stark, Spider-Man, She-Hulk, and some other randos that I don't know. Yeah, basically. And Professor X is sitting right there in the middle. Uh, apparently he broke up with the X-Men. Kitty Pride at least is happy to see him. Look, this is this has come up a lot. Uh, so, oh, when if Professor X has a moment to save people, this is why Emma Frost, by the way, is an X Men. Uh, if Professor X has a moment to save people and not kill them, not hurt them, he will. And he has a soft spot for Magneto, and his decision to not murder Magneto and uh, in previous storylines, and basically not to murder people right and left like Logan wanted him to, right. uh, gets gets Professor X in trouble with his own team. Well, there you go. Yeah. So Professor X is like, you're probably wondering why I called you all here. Yes. Uh, and he's like, we need to decide the fate of Wanda Maximoff. God damn it. And I'm like, why? No, you don't. Why is this a committee thing? Is this just preemptive to prevent a big fight over whatever you decide later? Because I'm not sure. Like, I, and, But again, because I don't know the whole history. I don't know that she was on both teams. I don't know that she was a villain for them at some point. I'm looking at this going, why are the X-Men being called in? Is it because she's a mutant and therefore she falls under their jurisdiction somehow? This feels like it should be a, the Avengers decision. Uh, and that is, a, that is a topic that comes up. Yeah. Yeah. But we will get to that because first we need to cut away to Wanda asleep in a very fancy nightgown. Um, and there is some guy sitting on the floor by her bed. It takes me a minute to realize that is Pietro, her brother, a.k.a. Quicksilver. Yeah, and he's really upset. Very, very upset. He's very upset. And Magneto's in the doorway and he's like, fuck are you doing here, Pietro? And Pietro tells Magneto that they're going to kill her. What? Which is what Magneto says. What? Pietro knows about this meeting that's going down between the X-Men and the Avengers, and uh, and he assumes that they are about to uh, decide to come over and kill his sister. Yeah, and, and he's upset about it. And well, and that's a safe assumption because that's clearly on the table. And so he's he's like, I don't. Do you, do you understand that they're going to come and kill her? And Magneto goes, Pietro, 
they may be right. What? Yeah. And Pietro has a super speed freak out moment. And Magneto actually has to tell him, look, I cannot hear you when you scream that fast. Oh, my God. Having a kid like that must be a nightmare. A hell of a thing. <laughs> Pietro swore on his life to save to protect his sister from her, their father, from the Avengers, from everybody. And now the Avengers that are supposed to be her family might decide to just come over here and fucking murder her. And dad agrees with that. And Magneto does a big melodrama soap opera grab him moment and says, what would you have me do? And they both break down crying. And Ugh. this is the appropriate level of drama. Thank you, gentlemen, for bringing Thank me you. to the show. I appreciate uh, hey, Steph, it. would you like to know about Quicksilver? We've talked about him on this podcast. Have we? When? He was in a movie, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to clarify something. I'm just saying we're over an hour into this. Do we need to deep dive into everybody? Uh, Real quick, why does Pietro know about Avengers X-Men meeting together? Because he was in both teams at one point. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, So he got accidentally CC'd on something. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody tell Pietro Pietro's on the CC. What? (laughs) (laughs) They didn't, they didn't kick him out of the group chat in time. Oops. So anyway, so back at the let's kill Wanda meeting, uh, Emma Frost is 100% on board. He's, she's like, she's dangerous. We need to put her down. And I'm in my notes. I'm like, put her down. Like what? A rabid dog. And then God bless Spider-Man. He says exactly that. He's like, put her down. What is she? A dog? Fucking Peter. Um, I love you, Peter. And side note, Peter is an Avenger right now? Yes. Okay. Just let just to be clear about that, because there was That's confusion on my part. Why is Spider-Man there? Oh, he's in the Avengers right he's now. In, he's an Avenger. He's not a mutant. He's an Avenger. Yeah. Anyway, the Avengers are blanket no. No, we're not killing Wanda. Captain America won't even entertain the idea, because he's Captain America. God damn, I love him. And that's the thing, is the X-Men have always been more shades of gray. And the Avengers have been have always been more primary colors. And so this is where we're seeing that clash. Yeah, especially from Logan, who's all, look, we've we've been discussing this for 20 fucking minutes, and we're still uh, debating this. Uh, I I don't see any other way. And there's a shot of, like, a shadow looming over Logan. Uh And then you see Captain America staring down at you. God damn it, Logan. I want to be in that position. Right? Like, put the pizza down and focus, because that man is right there. Um, yes, please. I would love to be in the shadow of a looming Captain America. Uh, but Captain America's like, there is always a way. And Logan, the perpetually unintimidatable. Yep. Logan Wolverine. Have we talked about, have we, have we, would you like to give us some information on Wolverine? We've never talked about him on this show. You're right. We never did. I, I, I am a failure. Um, God, Wolverine. Holy crap. Uh, he has been the short, angry guy his whole very, very long life. So, yeah, he is not intimidated by Captain America. He's like, there's not always another way. And that's a thing. Anyway, give us background on Captain uh, So we, I think we actually did talk about Wolverine in the past because I remember reading this before, but I'll do it again. He made his appearance in The Incredible Hulk, 180, oh, yeah, right. October 1974. Uh, he is super angry, super short. <laughs> Uh, Very slice and dicey. Love him. uh, Adamantine claws that was uh, installed uh, uh, because of a past storyline by blah, 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 blah. Uh, He's been an Avenger, an X-Men, X-Force, Weapon X. He's been in everything. He's everywhere. He's he's attacked everybody. He's been uh, attacked by everybody. We did talk about him before because he showed up briefly and got fucking punked in the Infinity Gauntlet. That's Right. right. That's right. Right. Okay. Anyway, so Cap is like, no, there's always a way. Okay, we're going to fucking figure this out. And Emma Frost is like, oh, my God. Okay, Charles, Professor Xavier, you are literally the most powerful psychic on the planet. Can you do anything to help her? And Charles is like, if I could, I would not have called you. 
I got nothing. She's like, okay, fine. Dr. Strange, master of the mystic arts over there. Hey, can you do anything to help her? And Strange is like, not now. I'm still researching. That's the most wizard fucking answer ever. Well, and he's an Avenger. So he's not like, well, I don't have an answer right now. So I guess we should get to murdering, which is kind of an X-Men thing. Yeah. So, uh, and Captain America's like, see, see, he's still working on it. So you need to calm your very nearly exposed tits right now. <laughs> Seriously, she's about to pop out of that top. Uh, tape. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, or maybe Emma's using some of her telekinesis to keep them in place. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Cap would, of course, never comment on it. That's just me being annoyed by her costume. Anyway, Wolverine's like, look, if Professor X says he can't help her and can't control her, then he fucking can't. That's just the way it is. And Emma Frost is like, exactly. So we need to vote on this. And Cap is like, no. No. We're not voting on this. She's a motherfucking Avenger. We uh, we will vote on it. You all will not. Exactly. He's he's like, uh, y'all, she's not yours. Okay. And mm. and so now we're drawing the lines. Like, so much for that cooperation that lasted 20 minutes. Uh, and Emma Frost is like, uh-huh. So I see what you're saying, and here's where you're wrong. She's a mutant threat, and that's what we do. That's what we fucking do right here, is we yeah. handle mutant threats. Now, Kitty Pride is like, um, case in point, she's not a threat to mutants. She's just a mutant who is a threat. And Emma's like, yeah, same fucking thing. And she gives a speech, and she's not wrong. Okay, mm-hmm. where she points out that, uh, she, quote, I have a quote here because I'm very smart. I wrote this down. <laughs> if the world found out that an out of control mutant with reality altering powers was out there somewhere with a screw loose, it would set mutant human relations back to the Stone Age. That would be it for us. She, wow. And and they have this perspective because that is their reality. The Avengers have never been hunted for why for the way they were born. Especially Captain America. Uh, like, there's yeah. no no one that's praised more than Captain America in the Marvel Universe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but the mutants are all coming to this, particularly now in the wake of whatever the fuck happened at Genosha. They're all coming into this situation well aware that humankind, giving, given the opportunity, will resort to violence to yep. eradicate them. Like that's always that's always in the option tree. Of mutant lives. So yeah, they have a darker perspective. They have, they have a lot less mercy in their hearts for something that could affect them as a species. That could result in their genocide. Yay, X-Men storylines. <laughs> fucking dark, dude, but it always uh, has been. But that's why I love X-Men. I yeah. love that shit. Cause as a gay guy, hey, I can relate to, uh, having concerns over being murdered for the way they were born. Yeah, as a person with a uterus in the United States, I can relate to having uh, everything about you controlled by an overruling entity that has nothing in common with you. Well, good, good thing the world's getting better and we don't have to worry about that anymore, right? right? It's 2023. <laughs> these, <laughs> these themes from 2005 don't resonate. That's so silly. Right. Anyway, anyway I, y'all, uh, register and vote, people, Yeah, please. would you please? Yeah. It's yeah. just, I do. Um... I've always identified more with the X-Men than I ever did with the Avengers. Me too. Me too. <clears throat> anyway, so Captain America's like, uh-huh, cool. Hey, Avengers, what do you think? And they're all like, no, we're not going to fucking kill Wanda. But Logan's going to Logan. Uh, absolutely. And he's like, so y'all do the math for me here? He says, quote, how many more of you does she have to kill before you snap out of it? Shit. God damn. God damn. God damn. But, but Peter Parker going to Peter Parker. 
And he's like, whoa, hold on. If any of my powers fucking wigged out, are you going to kill me too? Solid point, because this sets a dangerous precedent. Yeah, yeah. Of somebody's powers goes go on the fritz, and now they're that's a capital offense? That's a death sentence? Yeah, Logan, how about a losing control and going berserk? Hmm? Hmm. hmm? Well, and that's the thing. Logan goes, yeah. And I hope that you that I can count on you to do the same for me. Wow. Yeah. Logan is fully, fully aware that he could pop off and become a danger to everybody and hopes that somebody will put him down like a rabid dog if they can. He's really hard to kill. Yeah, our, our patron in chat, Samuel, has just written a really good point that I forgot to mention. Huh. Uh, Logan's on both teams right now. He is an Avenger right now and an X-Men. Is he? Yeah. Uh, so, moonlighting. so after shit got fucked up by the uh, by the Avengers and Avengers disassembled, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was allowed to be on the team. It was a whole thing. Oh, okay, cool. Ultimately, the conclusion of the meeting, and this is the conclusion of all meetings that could have been emails in my mind, is nobody knows what, <laughs> nobody knows what to do. Okay, they just they don't they just know that they don't want to decide this without hearing from Wanda herself. Mm-hmm. So fine. Field trip to Genosha it is. Yeah, it did break my heart when Charles... So Charles Xavier generally has the answers, right? Yeah. Uh, he's the person that is at the forefront saying, I don't know what the fuck to do. Right. And that's... He's, wow. He, he's like, this is why I called this meeting. I'm the guy with the answers all the time, and I don't know what to do. And so that should really... I feel like that alone, the fact that he's not leading this meeting, that he's not giving the marching orders here, uh, that he really is here hat in hand saying, I need input from other people. That is what is really lighting a fire of urgency under everybody in that room. Right. Because if Professor X doesn't know what to do, fuck. Fuck. Yeah. So, So field trip. Field trip, everybody is um, piled into one plane. I'm sure that was a very comfortable flight, but now they are flying into Genosha. Um, the scenic art of this fucking wrecked city is so cool. So cool. The sh- the the art, it's just so good. It's so moody. Um, it's really fucking good. And it's a very, very stark reminder for everybody on that plane. The Avengers need to see this shit, too, of what humankind will do to mutants who break bad. Uh, can I, a quick side note. Sure. I love that when you turn the page, the next scene makes sense. Isn't that nice? That yeah. It's not just like abruptly, Gah, okay, we're talking to fucking Mephisto now, I guess. Right. Like, what's right. happening? Yeah. No. Uh, they, they do. Look, my issue with this comic is not that it's not well written. It is. This is the continuity is solid throughout um, the character motivations and everything. This is captivating. It is. I just am still side-eyeing the entire premise. Right, right. But we'll Absolutely. see how that evolves. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, everybody gets, they land the plane, everybody gets out, and they all troop up. And this is a big fucking group, by the way. I cannot keep track of everybody. It's and neither all of can, them. Yeah. Neither can the artists, because everybody's like in and out of frame and all over the place. But they all troop up to Wanda's room. But oops, she's not there. And immediately people assume, did Magneto move her? Is Magneto up to something? Right. But this is where things start to get confusing for me because it's such a big group. It's hard to tell if the artists have lost track of who's there or if people have started disappearing. People are starting to disappear. Right. So they're all fussing about Magneto must have taken her, blah, blah, blah. And Professor X says that he can't sense that Wanda's even on the island. And then, oops, he's gone. They just turn around and he's not there. Uh Uh-oh. And you don't lose the guy in the wheelchair. 
No, no. Like, <laughs> did he roll away? Anybody? Shit, check check for any uh, downhills. Like, they're in a high rise right now. <laughs> That's Was there suck. a working elevator? How'd he mm. get up there? You know what? Questions. Anyway, Emma Frost, all of a sudden, she senses Professor X and possibly also Wanda somewhere else in the city. Okay. So then we get a fucking hilarious panel to me where everyone who can fly has scooped up someone who can't. The funny part to me is that they're used to this, uh, like, like formation, like, all right, non-flying people, get in my arms. All right, you, 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 right? you, let's go. It's just like your D&D party where you're like, fuck, we got a really long way to travel and only two of us can polymorph into giant eagles. So <laughs> we have to figure out who's carrying who. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try and shave some days off of this travel time. It's fucking awesome. Um, I like, but can't Emma Frost, like, levitate? Yeah, but she can't move forward. Oh, okay. It, you know, it's like that D&D spell. You can go up or down. Which way is it? Well, I just, I just like the idea that she probably, like, I'm looking at this thinking she probably could have flown herself over there. She was just like, no, Carol, carry me. I, I want Carol to carry me. Yes, so please. fuck it. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm getting very strong though, like cat vibes off of Emma Frost, where she's just like, mm, I'm too pretty to walk. <laughs> <laughs> you should carry me. And also I decide life or death here. <laughs> like, I, that's. I, 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 I support it. I support Emma, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so on their way over, Doctor Strange is like trying to scan for, apparently there were mystic patterns that were like the hallmark of Wanda using her powers, and he's not finding those anywhere. And I'm like, if I was a reality warper who was gradually becoming aware of the fact that I'm being psychically confined against my will, I'm going to change some shit up and alter reality so that I don't make identifiable patterns anymore. Right. But that's just me. Peter Parker points out that he has a spidey danger sense and it's not going off. So they're not not in danger. It's fine. It's fine. But he turns around and more people are gone. Yeah. And then what's going on? Gradually, like Spider-Man starts looking around and more and more people just fade away. They're just not there anymore until all we have is Spider-Man by himself. And it's all very shadowy and very moody. And he's walking through this building like, um, hello. And then a few panels later, there he is in this half-busted building and there's a giant glowing vagina. Yeah, a sunlight vagina has appeared before him. Yep. Yep. And I'm not kidding, y'all. This isn't even us projecting like we do when we talk about castle sex toy over on Dark Side Divas, okay? It's vagina shaped. It is glowing. There's like a recognizable clip bump at the top. Like that's a, that's a vulva. That's a vagina. That's a. Yeah. Yeah. Artists, what? <laughs> uh, look, there's, uh, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a common symbol used to, uh, to, uh, symbolize rebirth, right? And I had, a, I, I looked this up. So funny story. Uh, my cousin uh, graduated from a college uh, in the city of Merced in California. Uh-huh. Their uh, symbol is a iron uh, vagina or this shape. It's not literally That's called like a vagina. That's like their mascot, but, an iron yeah. vagina. And when they graduate, the graduation ceremony is they walk in between the statues. So you are literally being uh, birthed out. Nice. Right? Nice. So, yeah. Come yeah. On. So my so my cousin hates this so much when I bring it up to her, she's like blah 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 blah. And I looked up the artist notes on the the sculptors and every and the symbols, and everything. The actual artist is like, I made it look like a vagina because that is what it, uh, that is a symbol of rebirth. That is a symbol of life. Without right. this, you would not exist. It is true. All of that is true. Yeah. Um. And look, I'm not here to disrespect the vagina. I'm saying 
that this is such a <laughs> it is it is blatantly definitely a, a female like biologically female genitalia made out of light uh that is definitely the shape that they're going for because it started as round like a portal yeah and then it and then it went vulva-y Okay, yeah. like yeah. that was so we get a full page of like stare deep into this cosmic birth canal that's going on here. Um, it's just it's a very obvious, I feel, symbol of moving from one reality into another, like leaving the womb and being born into the world. Right. And stuff like that. And maybe that's just because of my intro to fine arts background. Uh, we've talked about I think it was on this show. We've talked yeah, about was. our intro to fine arts teacher. Uh, he was all about the vagina. Oh, he was like, all about it. Like that was it was very, very heavy handed with his use of muff symbology. Um, but here we are. Uh, so Peter, Peter Parker presumably either walks through the vagina or it swallows him. Unclear. <laughs> because the next page we have Peter Parker waking up asleep in bed in New York City. You can see the city out the window to the sound of a baby crying. What? Yeah. Sure. And someone, presumably Mary Jane, I'm guessing, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And um, it's I can't keep up with all of the Spider-Man love interests. Apparently there have been many, and there should be, because he's adorable. He's adorable. Um, but anyway, somebody, a, a woman, I'm guessing, because we see long hair on a pillow next to him, says, it's your turn. Yep. And this is where I have a beef with you making this sexy, because this is nothing. There's nothing. Speaking as a mother nothing sexy about having to get up in the middle of the night and deal with a crying baby. Nothing. I hear that. There is nothing sexier to me than a, than a man who steps up and takes care of his children. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. I um, love that. That's uh, super hot. He's not going to get any for weeks no, though. No. Because no. this is a bad state. A lot of, lot of exhausted. You're spending a lot of time in the bathroom by yourself and using that left or right hand, depending which one. You know, I understand. Uh, so, Whatever could you be talking about, Christopher? You I don't know. know. Your illusion is too subtle. Try I'm talking again. about masturbation. Anyway, yep, so. There it is. <laughs> uh, uh, so his, his, uh, his wife or girlfriend, don't know. Don't, it doesn't matter. Oh, no, oh, it's they're, wife they're because he walks, he walks past a wedding photo. She's blonde. Mary Jane has red hair. Oh, okay. So, of course, I had to look it up. It's Gwen Stacy. Steph, would you like to know about Gwen Stacy really quick? No. <laughs> Why not? Wait, t- wait till she's a character, okay? I'm the one who has to edit this, and we're an hour and a half in. Okay, but I have to call this out, because it's a very important part of the story. Okay, Gwen's- fine. Gwen Stacy was Peter Parker's original girlfriend. She's dead in, the- in canon. She was killed. Oh, so that is relevant. Yeah, so... Not only is he married to her, they have a kid. What the fuck? What happened? Where is Mary Jane? Why is she here? We don't know. That's the end of the. That's the end of the the comic book. To that, be continued. And that is one hell of a fucking uh, cliffhanger for longtime comic book fans. Gwen Stacy is back. Right for longtime comic book fans, it's like what? For me, yeah. it's like wait, that's it. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait. Peter Parker has to wake up and take care of the kid. What the fuck? Yeah, I understand. Like, Obviously, to me, obviously, like he's been pulled into an alternate reality fantasy realm situation um, through the vagina. Um, <laughs> but hey, but we started with, with we started with birth, and we, we start with the birth. vagina. We end with the vagina. That's what we're doing. See, this is much more pro woman than you think. It is not. <laughs> that remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. Yeah. It all depends on how ultimately they end up handling Wanda. 
We'll see. We shall see. But yeah, that's it for issue one of House of M. Um, my feelings are complicated and conflicted and, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm just happy I could read this fucking comic. That, yeah, like, like, like physically my, with your eyeballs? My ball, uh, my ball, my, my bar was so low. <laughs> I did that to you. <laughs> God damn it. The bar was so low. Uh, like, we could have read Archie comics and I would have felt like that was fucking Shakespeare compared right. to what we did before. Read something off of the fucking Bazooka Joe bubblegum wrapper yeah. or something. Yeah. Hey, kids, ask your mom what I just referenced. God damn it, Steph. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so do you have anything else for issue one of the 2005 House of M? No, I think we got it. Okay, cool. I'm excited to go deeper into the series. Deeper into the glowing vagina. Yas. Yas. Okay. (laughs) So the next time, of course, we will be reading reading and talking about issue two of House of M. Okay? Yay! Are we ready to outro? I am. Cool. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that you still like us (laughs) <laughs> even though i'm not 100 percent in love with a much beloved comic but we'll see how it goes um anyway if you would like to hang out with us in between episodes uh you can we're on all the social media you can find us on facebook instagram the platform formerly known as twitter and tiktok as at marvelous underscore divas uh, and if y'all haven't done so already, you really should. Subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast on any podcast platform that has podcasts. Leave us a review. We would appreciate that. Also, we have a swag store, uh, redbubble.com forward slash official divas. You can buy t-shirts, mugs, stickers of our podcast logos and the funny shit that we say. It's true. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, but it's under the Dark Side Divas brand. We do talk about Marvel stuff there, so go ahead and search for Mar- Dark Side Divas. Subscribe and watch some of our older uh, visual content. Uh, and last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast, where we have raw, live, unedited <laughs> video versions of our podcast. Raw and wriggling. Um, uh, access to the greatest Discord community in all the multiverse. It's and uh, we have we have from time to time done special one-off content, which we will hopefully do more soon. Just the strikes need to fucking stop. It's true. Anyway, that's it. Okay, is that it? Awesome. Then we say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Today is the official first day of Disney Gay Days. Oh, okay. And so tomorrow, or tonight, I'm going to a hotel with my partner, and we're going to do hotel stuff, which is really just lay in a really Watch big bed. Watch Food Network and, and, and eat the peanuts out of the fridge. Hotel stuff. I mean, if you replace Food Network with Gilmore Girls, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Okay, God so damn here's, it, I, I'm going to interrupt you. Um, yeah. Is it just me, or is it every time you go to a, you go to a hotel... The Food Network is on, and it's always a marathon of diners, drive-ins, and dives. It's always, true. Always. So I'm starting to think. Like, I, here, here's here's my theory. Okay. Roll with me on this. My theory is Guy Fieri is actually in purgatory.
Okay, he's he actually did dead. something. <laughs> he did something. He is in purgatory, and his purgatory is to forever always be on the road looking for the best diners, drive-ins, and dives. Like, and that's every hotel in the world is tuned into a window to his hell. And that's, you're just watching his soul be deep fried for eternity. That's what's happening there. Here's the thing, though. I can't stand the guy, but he eats, he eats a lot of really good looking food. I want half the shit that he's putting in his mouth. Um, it is good, but here's the thing. The, the diners, drive-ins, and dives uh, effect is real. Uh, a lot of restaurants in my area have been featured on that show. Uh, right. And so their prices fucking triple. Oh, yeah. And so, so now they're like, or they didn't triple the prices, they just doubled them. So now they have lines out the block and around the corner. Like, And it's because, it's because people travel and they go to hotels and they look it through this window into Guy Fieri's hell and they're like, I want to taste Guy Fieri's hell. And every time we go eat at a restaurant that was featured on this show, we are perpetuating the cycle of the hell of Guy Fieri's torment. This is my theory. This is a really dark conversation. 